Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight we're discussing The Strangers and Scream. Hey, John. Yes. I have a question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> I hate that that line has gotten parodied so many times. So now it's just like not as serious. But when it came out, it was pretty serious. It was hey, pretty man. good. Also, I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan. <laughs> Yo, but All right. the intro to that movie is actually pretty good. Like, even yeah. after so many years, I have to say. Yeah. No, it, it's a good opener. It's a really strong opening for, for, for Scream. Yeah. But I don't. But I didn't think we were talking about Scream first. Well, I know, but I just wanted to say, but before we move into the other one, All right. have you guys seen Scream 4? No. No. You guys should watch all of the Scream movies, including that one, because in that movie, it's the same thing. Like, he calls and talks to the main character on the phone, and he tells her, like, are you fucking hanging up on me? I'm going to cut your neck until I feel bone. And you're like, oh, shit, this got real. <laughs> <laughs> I and, hear that yeah. the Scream series declined in, like, popularity and quality as the movies went on, so uh, I'm, I'm afraid of that. I, I enjoyed them. Two and three are not so good. Four is amazing. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I gotta take your word for it. Um, <laughs> but right now we're gonna discuss the strangers. The strangers. Uh, it, it should be noted though that this week we did do a, uh, what is it? A fan approved episode. Basically, the fans came to us and told us what episodes they wanted to do. Uh, so first we have the strangers in two thousand eight, uh, recommended to us by Levi Levi Repic, who gave us an answer on the Facebook. Uh, question that we hold so every now and then we'll post a question on our instagram and facebook and they'll basically just asking you guys what kind of movies you think we should talk about give us some suggestions and we actually listen and we want to put that into the podcast for you guys because we like to talk about stuff that you are interested in and then number two we got scream in 1996 uh, recommended to us by the diy fanzine salsa verde fanzine yo uh Yo. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Tati, Isaac, and Jackson, who gave us some recommendations for that one. So thank, thank you, you guys very much. much. So The Strangers. <laughs> so uh, I like this movie, but for very specific reasons. And I can probably agree with both of you on why it's terrible and it's really good. I enjoy this movie, but for very subtle reasons. <laughs> Uh, well, what did you think about it, like, right up front? Right up front, you think you're in for a snore fest right. until you hear that initial knock on the door, <laughs> and then you realize it's 12 a.m., and everyone's asleep in your house, okay. and you don't know if you let your door unlocked <laughs> Mitch is not, not feeling oh, it. Okay. 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 Mert, you've got it all wrong. Oh, oh, oh. That's all I'm going to say. You got it all wrong. All right. All right. You got, you got this movie that was done on a budget by a few people who I'm not familiar with. Directed by Brian Bertino, uh Written, written by, by him. him also. Yeah. Produced by Doug Davison. Uh, Roy Lee and Nathan Kahane. Uh The big star in it was Liv Tyler because I have no idea who Scott Speedman is. <laughs> Liv, Liv Tyler, I don't reckon. Oh, you mean Arwin? 
Is that what you're He's saying? Arwen from <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Anyway. Arwen from right. fucking anyway, Lord of the Rings. Right. Right. Anyway. anyway. So Arwen from fucking Lord of the Rings is, is like one of the main characters of this movie. Right. All right. It's got about an <clears throat> 85 minute theatrical runtime. Uh, its budget was $9 million. So this was a quote unquote budget film. Like this Anything was a low budget is definitely in budget. 2008. Yeah. Um, it got delayed release. It was supposed to be released in 2007. Uh, at the box office, it actually pulled in $82.4 million. I'd say that's successful. Jeez. That's pretty damn. That's really successful. That's a really big turnaround. Almost movie. 10 times the I, budget. I remember seeing the Strangers. Um, I remember <laughs> seeing this. Excuse me. I remember seeing the Strangers like uh, their um, the previews. And why not for them on TV and whatnot, like around the time this was coming out. And I was like, oh, that's ex- creepy. I don't want to stay away from that because I wasn't really into horror movies when I was younger. So that was a that was a thing. But um, yeah. So how I do you how how do you feel about this movie, though? I mean, I you have. Yeah. Well, and what are your reasons? So, all, right, all right. Hate is a really strong word. OK, and that doesn't fully. uh, uh d- isn't really my opinion i would say i will draw back a bit and be like i i did not like this movie there you go better okay um so this week we are obviously doing a home invasion kind of theme um i think this movie is a good home invasion movie for some different reasons than you might think uh mitch all right well well, <laughs> the movie was based off. Of... It was based off a real event, right? It was based off several real events. Okay, yeah. I mean, it was like kind of so, like the inspired by shit, where like they get ideas from it. Yeah. So the writer and director, what is his name? Brian Bertino. Right. Basically, he had a lot of inspiration when coming up with this movie because the movie starts with, uh, you know, the title card and then the 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 basis of this movie is inspired by true events inspired very loosely but still inspired nonetheless um it was so, inspired by the tate murders i think is what the main person was talking about it was a series of murders that had happened that seemed to be random they didn't really have a reason for why these people were getting killed and they happened a lot in uh like suburban areas like places that people think are mostly crime free and so that's what sort of inspired the idea for this movie and why I think it appealed to so many people was that uh, I think one of their taglines was uh, they asked him, why did they do this to them? And their only response was because you were home. So their advertising for it and marketing was really good. Yeah. And the thing is, it it has references to like the Manson family thing. Yep. I mean, you know, it. It's supposed to convey the fact that this could happen to anyone and that anyone is a target and anyone could be. I mean, it's just all about randomness. Like, there doesn't have to be a motive for people doing heinous acts like this. Right. They could just do it. I mean, that's why, like you said, why are you doing this? Because you were home. I mean, 
I mean, there's no reason for them to be doing this at all. They just do it just because. Yeah. And that's what gets a lot of people is that they didn't have some scary backstory. They weren't doing it because of some random event. They just decided to do this specifically uh, and they could choose any house. It could have been the house next door. And most of the inspiration came from that book, Helter Skelter. So it was like definitely related to Manson family murders and uh, some of the other murders that happened, like in 1981, which they call the Keddie Cabin yes. murders. Yep. So that where was, like, the main a bunch thing. of children and yeah, a mother up. were murdered in a cabin in the woods, and they were just left for dead. And the woman who had their child sleep over found their body, and there was no DNA or any kind of way to figure out why or how these murders happened. People were bound and gagged, stabbed in the throat. Uh, left for dead and just ripped clothes all over, just fucked. So that also happened, and the occurrence with the director himself when he was a child. Yeah. Uh, so someone knocked at his door and asked him if someone was home, and they answered at like fucking like some random hour of the night. They said, "No, you got the wrong house, or they're not here." And then like the next morning, their next door neighbor's house was completely fucking robbed. So that was a little bit of the inspiration for The Strangers. Uh, fun fact, though, Kurt Russell mentions that this movie fucking terrifies him. <laughs> <laughs> so that is fun. But there's a lot of things in this movie that has going for it. And there's a lot of things that this movie doesn't have going for it. And so <laughs> I could see where Mitch is coming from. Right. I haven't even explained my point yet. I would like to hear your point. Could you anything because oh. y'all just keep talking. <laughs> All right. I'll say, I'll say this though. The story revolves around, uh, Liv Tyler as Kristen McKay and Scott Speedman as James Hoyt coming from a wedding. Scott Speedman answered, pop the question and Liv Tyler Says denies no. him. Yeah. <laughs> just pretty much fucking ruins his, puts a pencil in his plan. Basically. She's like, what the fuck? No, <laughs> <laughs> And they're, they're going to a cabin in the woods to celebrate. And it's obvious that James, the main character, spent a long time setting up the house for some fucking coitus, you know? Got the rose petals on the floor or in the works. bathroom. Got a bunch of champagne and ice cream. Like, it's set. So, and I got to admit that they don't go a lot into the relationship here, which I'm really happy about, where they, they're not fighting. They're not complaining at each other about why the relationship isn't going anywhere. Or why they're not you know fucking getting married they kind of just like genuinely feel like they're hurt and they just don't right. want to hurt the other person's feelings so i'll give props to the movie for that but the movie picks up speed so when interesting scott... premise is what you like it's a good place yeah. to start scott speedman leaves to get cigarettes and Liv tyler is you know joint slowly but surely getting consumed by three strangers that oh, are trying to terrorize her so that is the base plot for the movie. Mitch, what would you like to say about this? <laughs> I mean, it I mean, sure, it's a good it's a good start. Like I even was kind of drawn into it at the very beginning. Like I feel like I was most intrigued when the masked man appears in the background and uh uh Oh, it's like completely quiet. The character doesn't even yeah, yeah, and she doesn't even notice that he's there and then he like disappears into the background again. 
that was probably one of the most intriguing parts. Yeah. But my intrigue got less and less and less the more times we heard more knocking on the door, the more times we had her like walk outside into the oh. shadows and then back in again. Do you feel and like I just they... kind of like I think I got over it. Yeah. I got over it and it didn't really like affect me as well. I feel like yes, I think that the the premise of fear is still here, of course. Not that the concept isn't scary of just you know, humans, anyone you know could just decide to turn on you for no reason at all, you know? Right. I mean, think about, like, how dogs are, um, especially domestic, I mean, domestic dogs in general, if you keep them around you, um, they could just turn and bite you if they wanted to, and they wouldn't tell you anything about it. They wouldn't say anything or really show <laughs> any signs. They just fucking would do it, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like It's kind of like that concept, you know, like, how safe are we? I mean, the movie also is a bit of a criticism on pastoral life. Right. Which just, is, like, people staying it, at home in nice, like, suburban areas. Yeah, exactly. Sort of deal. And it's kind of like a... Yeah, exactly. Like, wondering if... Is there is there a nomadic... Is there... Like, do we need to go back to being a nomads now? Is that <laughs> the, true, the true way is always be moving? No one can ever just come to your house and get you. Uh, I feel like castles. they were... They were told... I feel like they were sort of making some commentary on how some people or uh, the difference between people living in suburban homes and people living like in the city or in rural areas where they feel like crime is higher. And so it was like a class difference that they were trying to show and criticize where it's like, it doesn't matter if you're sitting in your nice suburban home, you're going to most likely still have something like this happen to you. So it added in that slasher uh, theme, but changed up why they were doing it like almost all the slasher films they have like something terrible happen to them and then this is why they've become that killer and yeah i mean it it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense because it does kind of do this slasher thing it's just a lot of it's a lot of paranoia type fear oh totally yeah you know like oh are they gonna come from that way that way they do lots of shots like where you're going down hallways and there's doors (laughs) on every side and corners and the house is super like blocky like that uh Um, you know I would I, say, I mean, I mean, but also, but what I what I just didn't like is I I feel like the the lack of backstory made me care a lot less about what I was right. seeing. Yeah, and I didn't really I I don't I feel like they overdid like this horror idea that they were pushing. I and, that, and that's really it. <laughs> and, and that's okay. really it. And I and I and I can't. I just can't really get behind it. I didn't really enjoy this movie that much. Okay. Um. I will say that. This movie benefits from the subtlety that it throws. Because, I mean, the thing is, there there is no reason for the killings, let's be real. But there, really? I think that's the whole point of the movie, is that there is not supposed to be a reason for the killings. Uh, most people, when they own a home, they feel safe within the four walls that concrete them. Uh, this movie is basically telling you, hey, uh, that don't mean shit. We are all animals in this fucking world. I want to kill you. I'm going to try. Essentially, um, I mean, for some people, this is definitely going to send them home with the feeling of, oh, anyone could come to my home at any moment right. and then just murder everybody in my house if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, there was that. There was they that. Have the means they could do it. <laughs> there was that serial killer back in the '70s who would only go into people's houses and kill them if their front door was unlocked. If their front door was locked, he would go to the next house. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> strange things like that. I world, have but... a feeling that the reason why you guys have a difference in opinion is probably because of things that actually scare you. And I don't think this scares Mitch all that much. Yeah, I mean, it could be. The thing is... <laughs> I mean, it depends. Because, like, for me, just... I'm paranoid. <laughs> so it scares the fuck out of me. Mm. Here's here's the circumstances that, might, that, that I watched the movie. I definitely think that it's scary. I just don't think this movie did the did that mode of fear well. Oh, did you watch okay. this movie in the, the dark and alone? Well, it was well done. <sighs> did you watch the movie in the dark and by yourself around midnight? <laughs> no, I did not. You know what? That might be a difference. I was with I was with Maddie when I watched it. We both... oh, oh, okay. So here's the thing I have to say about the movie. I don't think you should watch this movie with friends. Mm. It is not that kind of movie. That's you that's will be. Fair. You will be laughing at Liv Tyler trying to hop on her foot, getting chased by people with knives that could kill her at any moment, but don't. <laughs> They're on swing sets. Glenn Howerton, fucking Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> gets his fucking brain shot in the yeah. first like two <laughs> minutes he's on screen and just stays on the floor dead as a fucking doornail. Yeah. It's so, and so good it's so good. He's though. like he's like hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Oh man. Is dead. This, oh. So this movie will make you laugh if you watch it alone or, or watch it with people. Right. I think it's one of those movies. Okay, cuz here's the thing. That first initial knock, the hairs were on my fucking arm straight up and I was like, dude, I heard my house creak and I fucking paused my movie. I was oh like, oh my real? god. I was That's like, real shit funny. right now? I real shit. I had to go downstairs and put Double my flashlight check. on the fucking door and make sure it was locked. Damn. That's how That's how I was just like, fuck. Everyone's asleep. I'm the only one awake. Like, goddamn. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I should have watched it by myself. That's true. I, you know what? And uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that leads right into one of the questions I had for it, which was, uh, do you feel like this type of fear is effective in horror films? Because this isn't the first one to do something like that with the home invasion. So it's like, obviously, Scream is good, but Scream is also like a horror comedy. Like, it's meant to be funny at some point. So it's like, is there any other serious ones that you think were really good? It's a big-ass parody. Scream is a big-ass parody of the invasion and just turns on his head. The whole, all the characters are, are fans and they know the cliches. Right. And it, it, that's the thing. We're going to talk about Scream in just a moment. It changed the face of horror for years to come. Oh, totally. Um, but... Home invasion movies, I don't I mean it is a home invasion movie, The Strangers. I think this is more of a experiment with tension and release. It reminds me of one of those nineteen thirties, uh, the 1930 film The Black Cats or whatever it was. Oh, where you have yeah. a lot of fucking you have a lot of tension and a lot of like gusto, and then it finally just releases and you're scared. Um, I will say that the man in the mask is probably the scariest thing about this film. Dollface and Pinup Girl don't do a lot for me. I will agree with that. <laughs> yeah, Man in the Mask is probably the most the most sinister of the three that tor- that uh, I don't know the trio. It's a good mask too. The, just the looking terrorize the house. There you go. It is a good. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just like a corn sack with yeah. a smiley on it yeah. and some holes. I like how they take the masks off right before they kill them too. Well, they so apparently there was supposed to be. There was supposed What's to be up? a scene where you saw their faces like right up front. Oh. And you were able to tell who it was. That was like in the original script. But then they decided to not show the faces and took that out. 
And so at at some point in the original script, they were going to put a face to these people, but they felt it was more effective to just leave them random. Like it could have been anybody. Right. But and they a, said next, uh, they said that next time it would be easier too, and we I, wouldn't get a film for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just feel like this film would be more effective at, at what it's trying to portray. Do you, do you know? One moment. Am I still there? Yes. Yeah, you're good. Okay. This film would be a lot more. I, I personally, just in my opinion, it would be more effective at portraying what it's trying to if it did a little bit more build up rather than like, rather than do marriage, have them like interact with people who are like their friends and neighbors and stuff like that. Mm. And at the very end, show that like, these three people that have been like torturing them this whole time have just been like people that like live next door. Oh, yeah. Shit. Lives over here. I feel like that would be a little bit more like, I feel that would be add a little more espionage to it. And also like, that's, that would actually be really good. I agree that that would have been. Yeah. Cause that, awesome, cause that's yeah. it's almost what they're trying to do with the script as it is. Right. It would work. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I, I also hated that. Like she wakes up and screams at the end. Like, <laughs> It was so forced. I hated it. I just hated it. You know what? It could Uh, honestly be that Liv Tyler just isn't that good in this movie. She's really bad. (laughs) She hadn't acted for years before that. So, like, she came back for that movie. She's getting fat on that Lord of the Rings check, yo. (laughs) I I wanted to ask, though. I mean, what are some other home invasion movies? Because you were talking about the genre. What what are Uh, some that come to mind? Which is fucking awesome. I like I like Black Christmas. Like, That's like, like it's it's older too. for actually the new one's out soon, yeah. isn't it? Uh, well, they yeah, it came out last year. They've done oh, like shit. three remakes of that movie. Shit. Yeah, like there was one that got released like five or six years ago, and then they made another one with uh like the newer cast, which is a bunch of college girls, and I haven't seen that one yet, but it looks interesting. I I want to talk about that one because I believe that they go into that area where they're talking shit about underground fraternities and like the weird shit that goes on in college campuses that you don't see uh yeah i have a home invasion film <laughs> it's called home What's alone a- <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just kidding um no there's the there's movies like the purge yeah where like it's yeah. a little more extended out to like their whole universe where everyone is in on this uh purge but like the main story in the first one focuses in on that family there's also the movie You're Next. Oh, yes. Which is fucking yes. awesome. We need to talk about that at some point. Yes, absolutely. You're That's Next, a good... uh, it's a good survival. Well, it, it's, it's not what you expect when you go watch it. Like, right. It's totally different. Um, and then there's another one called Don't Breathe, which is when these two younger kids break into an older man's house who's blind. But it turns out he's like basically a murderer. He's really nimble and like hunts them Jeez. in his own house. It's kind of creepy. Oh God! Yeah, so that, that those are probably like the biggest ones, and then of course us is considered a home invasion film. Yeah, so those yeah. are like the main ones I can think of. Damn. Okay, uh, those are good recommendations. Of, I mean, <laughs> Hall- Halloween. Uh, That's there you go. I mean, technically, I yeah. Mean. <laughs> it's a slasher movie. The guy walks into their house. <laughs> <laughs> he invades their right, house as soon as he walks into they, the house. There's also the just, last house on the left. Old. Oh yeah, which is one. kind of brutal to watch because it has like a really graphic rape scene. So, content warning. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen Last House on the Left also. 
Uh, same with uh, what is that other one? I spit on your grave is as also yeah. like a rape revenge movie, which I don't really like. But we like revenge and Mandy. <laughs> right? Yeah, because those those were those are so I don't know how I felt about that because man because in Mandy his wife gets burned alive, so it's just like oh this is just as graphic and, <laughs> and ends up just getting rid of his wife as a character and then focuses entirely on Nicolas Cage. But it's still an amazing movie. It, well, I mean, they take their time with that one. Yeah, it's a long We're movie. not discussing how great Mandy is. <laughs> uh, wait, so, Murr, you mentioned there were subtle things about the film that you felt like they did right. Which which things are you talking about? Okay, so I, I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to talk about this. There's the first initial reaction with the girl where she comes up to the porch and you can't see her face. The guy's trying to turn on the light. Oh, and he can't and he can't. And he's like, what the fuck? This is weird. And then she's like, is uh, what did she say? Is Margaret here or something like that? Yeah. Or she says is Margaret or something like that. If somebody is there. Like, yeah. Is Larissa home or something? Some, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, you got the wrong house. And then she says, I'll see you later. And like, that was <laughs> the I'll, I'll see you later is like super chilling. And then you see uh, the main character, the dude. Right. Go in to screw in the light bulb. And it comes completely on. So she tampered with that shit before. Oh, totally. Like, and then I really like the scene that Mitch was discussing about the, the guy in the mask coming in. It's just a really good way in horror editing to show what is coming into the foreground. Yeah. Cut to cut to the turn. No longer there, but we do see the fire alarm that was on the floor now neatly packed onto the chair. And she knows that someone was in that fucking house uh-huh. and she is I mean, fucked. I mean, it's, it, it does like the beginning of this movie does a really good job of building up that tension. They kind of mess around with it near the middle though, because yeah, I agree with you on that because they just start fucking hitting the chimes like crazy. Um, they like fuck with the radio. They're on the swing set. Like they're just standing in the middle of the road. They hit the dude's car like right. they do all these things like they're playing with their food there's cat and mouse and the yeah. cats are playing with their food yeah no um, I, I understand that i just i don't know i also think that the the pantry scene is really great uh but kind of fucked at the end because she kind of just breaks the pantry door and shakes it a lot instead of actually grabbing the chick <laughs> kind of just like going in for the jump scare you know uh, I feel like this film would have been more effective for me if we one knew more about the main characters and what's going on yep. with their marriage, and yep. two if they would have done the buildup that they did in the beginning and then moved that straight into like a sudden kill as opposed to like them playing with them because then you're like when's something gonna happen and so it would have been better I think or or to have them get injured or something like sometime during yeah. the film to be like oh this is like real they're not like invulnerable to what's happening so the i like the scene that you described where he's standing right behind her it's a good way to show people what's going on and to not use sound or anything it's like if you don't see it then you don't see it oh and then oh the worst part of that scene or at least like i guess it's the the best part rather 
is when it the camera turns back to her and you can't see that part of the house. Yeah, anymore. you've lost sight of and where he then might Then you get the feeling of, oh my God, what am I not seeing? <laughs> yeah, he's right like now. moving and closer, kinda, he's hiding. So, so that so the movie was brilliant in like the first like twenty minutes. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I liked the first like twenty, thirty minutes of it and then I didn't like where the writing went and, and then yep. it seemed like he had a hard time finding an ending for it. Or like, yep. cl- like having the movie come to a climax as to where like, what's going to happen? Like, are they going to get it, killed? Or are they going to survive? It struggled to have a good payoff, in my opinion. Yeah, the no, payoff I agree, at the yeah. ending, like revealing characters we'd already seen or some shit or something that was like they had they had moments at the wedding they could have like introduced like people really quick with like small bits here and there. Yeah, yeah. I still yeah. like your idea though. I think it would have been good if like their neighbors are the ones calling and say like one of the killers is missing off screen. So that's because they were calling them. And then at the end, yeah. they would have all revealed that it was their neighbors. That would have been a good, I think that would yeah, have been a good I, na- Neighbors or people that yeah, like people, they people know. that know them. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like, they just, you know, decided of oh, that. I will say that the sequel, I haven't seen it, but I have watched a kill count of it from. <laughs> I Dead haven't Meat. watched the sequel. I, um, the fucking the three masked people get their fucking shit kicked in for sure they absolutely get fucked over because they're going after an entire family this time like a mom a dad two kids and it's it's pretty intense because they're chasing them around a trailer park instead of just a house and uh i will say they the kids in that movie actually get a fucking foothold of all three killers and it's pretty tight all right so if you want to see these terrible, terrible people who we never see the faces of get fucked over, uh, go watch the sequel. Uh, that's a good. Uh, okay, that's good to know. I I kind of like them switching who's going to be in control on those movies. Somebody probably picked it up and was like, I didn't like where this first one went. But I mean, if you're trying to watch a movie that's similar to The Strangers and kind of gets gets at the idea that Mitch and I are getting at, there is a movie called The Imitation. And it's directed by Karen Kusama, and she's the one who did Jennifer's Body. So mm. she did this film where uh, guests come over to someone's house, and they slowly find out that the uh, hosts are trying to kill them. And so they then Dude. have to figure out like who's trying to kill who and why. And then the film ends in a completely like twist ending. So it's a good movie to go watch i'd recommend going to watch that yeah that's shit i want to see yeah Hell so yeah. we might even talk about that one because it's a good movie but uh but yeah yeah i think now would be a good time to transition into one of the best home invasion movies uh yeah i love this movie and i'm really mad uh, whenever anyone says scream. they don't like it a lot of people don't like scream <laughs> no I, I really enjoyed scream is you you brought on you brought on some good people for this movie like you got you have first of all you have Wes Craven directing it. Yep. And you have Kelly Kevin Williamson, who was a pretty big horror fan and whatnot, writing right. for it as well. Uh but you know anything else about Kevin Williamson? Um I do know more about that. I mean, Wes Craven was obviously the guy that made Friday or not Friday thirteenth, my bad. Nightmare <sighs> on Elm Street. <laughs> yes. Um, he he pretty much established himself in the horror genre very early and like kind of pioneered certain styles of film, especially the slasher series, which is what he did with Scream. He's revisiting. He's revisiting his own film genre that he kind of made and then made fun of it. 
That was really hilarious. I love how they also made the reference that, oh, the first one is good, but all the other ones suck. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> yeah, like that, literally that was talking about his about own films, movie. which is fucking funny. But I don't know too much about the writer, Kevin Williamson. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it. I think that they got the right group of people for this movie and they did it. This was a really well done, um, like horror comedy. Uh, yeah, that writer also did. I know what you did last summer, as well as Dawson's oh. Creek. <laughs> okay, it, it, uh, that explains why it's very nineties. Yeah, totally. Yeah, very very nineties. It's so nineties. It's not even I, funny. All the, I have all yeah. of like the cuts of all of them, like <laughs> talking about what they did last night or them being at school. I mean, they fucking have. They have Neve Campbell. They have David Arquette, Courtney Cox. Like these are so, all Rose McGowan. Like Drew Barrymore. They're all right, from right. The nineties. Neve Campbell, as you'll remember, is uh, Bonnie from The Craft. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that. she is Bonnie yeah, from The Craft. I didn't even think Holy about shit. that. Holy um, shit. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I was like, was I know this, this lady come from. All right. I did. Okay, I'm trying was to remember. Other... Also or no? Uh, whoever played Steve. Do you remember uh, the guy that got murdered in the first scene? Right. Kevin Patrick Walls, he's actually the cop in Blade One or Blade. Yeah, he's the cop in Blade One that goes to the chick's apartment. It was like, I gotta see, I gotta talk to you real quick. Wait, <laughs> you wait which dude? The cop in Blade One that goes to like the the main girl's house and like starts interrogating her and is actually a a changeling. Oh shit! Oh, you yeah, mean, the, uh, not a changeling, a fucking a familiar. A familiar, yeah, he was the familiar. Oh, weird. Um, I believe Skeet Ulrich was in something else. I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, he was Chris Hooker. He was Chris Hooker in the craft. He was the Chris dude. Yeah, that's so that, weird. There's, oh, that's right. It is him. Damn. <laughs> Damn. They just flopped them right all into the same fucking movie. Oh, yeah, they? totally. Oh, that's <laughs> and hilarious. Then, and, and then my favorite. One of my favorite characters in this well he's amazing uh, as an actor um wait what's up it's matthew lynn lillard <laughs> is that the guy that plays fucking shaggy yeah. and scooby-doo yes that's my that's that's that shit's so funny also fun fact about those scooby-doo movies i believe they're produced by james gunn what wait what <laughs> yeah i'm pretty i would believe that that sounds on brand um, I'm pretty sure Scooby-Doo, the movie and the sequel were both produced, but yep. Screenplay was written by James Gunn story by James Gunn. Oh, what? Okay. Shit. So the guy that brought you guardians of the galaxy for all your families also brought yep. you the images of big tittied Velma into your, into <laughs> oh, your head. No, that was uh, the internet. <laughs> that was... <laughs> no, 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 no. It started the first hot Velma I ever saw was in the first live action Scooby-Doo Oh, that's, that's right. what I'm fucking saying. That's what and I'm there's that one Yeah, no, no, no. Yep. Murr actually might know more more no, that and is... the internet got to it afterwards yeah, and that you're put right. the idea in our not our it's minds. When she gets the, like a makeover, right? Scene yeah, of the exactly. movie is has Velma dancing in basically her underwear. Yep. So that dude is in this movie, Shaggy, and he is over the fucking top in this movie, it's and great. I love how it's he so is. So extra. 
my parents are gonna be so mad at me. It's, it's a scream, baby. Just oh, like crazy, baby. I love that. I don't know, man. I think I'm dying. <laughs> it's get a little All right. So this has a stellar cast. Um also it has the Fonz as the principal. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. But I don't think of him as the Fonz. I think of him as uh fucking uh that dude from Parks and Rec. Oh no, uh, that's what I think. No, the dude no. in Parks and Rec. See, this is how I know you're younger. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're like it's the dude from Parks and Rec. No, yeah, it's John Ralphio's father. Like, don't that's you ever disrespect it, the Fonz on this fucking podcast again. It's Mr. Saperstein, John Ralphio's <laughs> fucking father. Don't even at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> I wish you could see my face. I'm visibly upset. <laughs> um, okay, so. Let's get this out of the way so we could get right into it. What? Budget. Oh. $14 million, right? Right. Cum- cumulative worldwide gross, $173 million. Yeah, this was straight up a commercial success. Like, it was so good. And it, like, solidified itself in the genre. It it basically turned it on its head, made fun of it, and fucking set the record for more slasher films to come clever and he also found a way to like make fun of his own work so it's like if this is some next level stuff from Wes craven it is a very big like hug to horror fans i believe and all the references that they have in this movie which we'll go over yeah but we got to talk about the Drew Barrymore intro scene right yeah, now. You we, know what? So the intro scene was actually written oh. by itself as a short story. So that existed like before the actual screenplay was That's made. That's why it's so good. That's then. why it's so good because it was, it was designed to be a standalone story. And then he was like, you know what? This would make a really good intro to a longer screenplay. And then he wrote the rest of it. And so that's why that intro is so strong. And they're like, who can we get? to play this role who's a really big name star right now and it was drew barrymore at the time and they're like what's gonna piss people off killing her in the first like five minutes that's hilarious and so they did exactly that and then the actual story started after that so they did a really good job with that and it's i think it's funny because the the poster of this movie has her with the (laughs) hand over her face does not ever happen in the movie Nope. I mean, what a what a what a fantastic way to kind of revitalize interest in the horror in the slasher genre. Yeah. Then make a movie that not only mocks the genre entirely, but brings like some new life into it and like a couple twists and whatnot, and makes it and also makes it fairly funny at times too. <laughs> it was. And then it makes was like really has funny. like an iconic mask and all that shit too. It like became like a pop culture icon for a moment which i mean the thing is it is a very generic halloween mask they even say it in the movie you can find it that it's just something you could find every anywhere um but the whole intro scene it's great because it's it's super subtle at first and then it gets gross dude it's just like i want to know who i'm looking at right now and she's like what what did you say he's like i want to know who i'm talking to he's like no you didn't no you fucking didn't just like (laughs) I absolutely the, love yeah. that he asks her like questions like, about horror movies Yeah, where it's like, Hey, you should know this. Like, why don't you know this? And people who are watching it are obviously horror fans. And they're like, how do you not know that? And so it's, you're like getting mad at her for not knowing, even though she's in danger at the beginning of the movie. Right. Fun fact. It is absolutely correct that the killer in the original Friday the 13th 
is Mama Voorhees. Yeah. It is not Jason. <laughs> he doesn't kill right. he come... Everyone knows that. God. The second <laughs> I come... even like those movies, and I know that. Okay, We're but not. did you did you know he didn't get his actual face mask until the third movie? I did not know that. Exactly. Oh, I did exactly. not know that. Yeah, yeah. we've they... we've somehow avoided the like really typical movies covered in horror podcasts. I think on purpose in some ways, because they yeah, yeah I really think we just were like we could watch these, but <laughs> we got to flash them in and out. You know, Except for, like, get Hellraiser, the new. I think. I mean, because every single podcast has probably done these movies already. It's true. No, I don't hear a lot of people do Scream, which is interesting. I think it's just because they don't take it that serious. Yeah. The thing when I was a kid, everyone said that this movie was hilarious, and watching this, it is hilarious, it's but There's it's also movie. super fun. Yeah, it's it, it's fun, it's... and it's still got the thrill aspect of it. Also, I do like that like all the characters are able to fight the guy that's trying to stab them by oh like God, throwing shit at him or hitting him. Movie. With... Or Dude. fucking, or beating the, or just beating him up with doors. Like doors are his weakness. Yes, that's his kryptonite. Yeah. Just doors, <laughs> like just hit him with the door. All right, good. Dude, he got some good flips in there. Like he, they, they like yeah. kicked his legs underneath them. They literally like flip him over. I was like, dude, these people are actually doing something. Like I love the fact that in this movie and in the strangers, both the women in the house grab knives immediately. They don't hesitate. Oh yeah, they're not fucking no. around. <laughs> Yeah, they're so, ready, they're ready, to, they're ready to stab a bitch like right I'm, now. So. The craziest thing I read about the intro scene, though, because uh, we're we're vaguely still on it. Uh, Drew Barrymore with Wes Craven. Wes Craven would go up to Drew Barrymore and was like, "Drew Barrymore is like, I can't cry anymore, Wes. I have no tears." And he would just tell her fucked up stories about animals dying, and it would just ensue <laughs> oh in, in the tears within Drew Barrymore because she loves animals. <laughs> That's so and fucked. He, she she literally re- recalls uh, him talking about a guy setting a dog on fire in 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 like a news article that he read, and she was just that was the one that really made her just fucking ball, dude. It's horrible, but I mean that's what made her cry. So, um, and then we have fucking Neve Campbell as our main our main girl through this entire movie yeah she uh, she's in all of them i think yeah she did a pretty good job yeah her and fucking dave arquette show up in i think every single movie is dave arquette deputy dewey yeah the the like the cop who just yeah break for anything (laughs) yeah like but he but he gets news reporter gail weathers by the end of the <laughs> he does. He does. That is true. Um, also, fun fact: him and Courtney Cox, who played Gail Weathers, they got married uh, yeah. shortly after they met off this set. Yes. Like they started Aww. dating, and they eventually got married. Uh, are they still together, or do they break up? Who fucking knows? I don't watch Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't check that shit. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I wait. I have Google at my disposal. I'm actually curious now because it's cute. I always think it's cute and shit like that happens. I don't know. So this this movie stems from the fact that people don't have a lot of cell phones. Cell phones are a rare commodity in the nineties. Yes. Um, yeah. We 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 see that Billy Loomis, played by uh, Skeet Ulrich, yeah, is basically trying to get into her house after you know, fucking Neve Campbell got a call talking about horror movies and. Dude's like, I want to gut you. And the the first time that he sees that, I mean, like, she goes outside. She's like, I call your bluff. You're not here. And like, you're <laughs> like, oh damn, 
hell yeah. And then the dude just comes around the corner and tries to stab her, which he has just like a standard combat knife. <laughs> Nothing fucking crazy. Not a kitchen knife. Not a machete. Not some knife hands. He's just a little fucking knife, dude. <laughs> Gets his shit kicked in by Neve Campbell. Yo. Nice. Uh, dials 911 on our computer, which is wild to me. <laughs> uh, that was a thing. That's a real thing you can do. It's insane. Like, especially back in uh, the 90s when you had, like, the dial-up internet, you could potentially right. call 911 on your computer, which is, like, yep. you had to have, like, previously set it up, but I'm guessing that they did. So <laughs> that's, that yeah. like, a legit thing. So if um, you don't know anything about that, you're like, is that a thing? Is that real? Totally. Right. This is totally, like, not not relevant, but they did get divorced. Oh, I oh. figured. I was she like, remarried. I don't think they're together anymore. And then she remarried the guy from Snow Patrol. What? <laughs> There's a dude, the dude in Snow Patrol who, What's... like, writes and sings for them is now her husband. Uh, okay. Right. Oh, well. All right. Anyway, there <laughs> we, you go. Crazy. Should... Anyway, so that's what Courtney Cox so... is up to these days. <laughs> She's just... <laughs> yeah, besides fixing her hair from the third movie, but... Yeah. Um, what? So it, Ooh, it is... Brutal. It is found out that Neve Campbell's mom was murdered a right. year back, yes. and St- and her boyfriend uh, Billy has been trying to like basically like have sex with her, but she's not down because her mom got brutally raped and murdered, and that shit takes some fucking time to heal. Billy, calm your fucking cock. Oh, fucking Billy, all the names <laughs> in this film are really good, like Sydney Prescott, Dewey Riley, Gail Weathers, Billy Loomis, Stu Mocker. <laughs> Like they're just they're really good and memorable names, and I feel like that's the kind of shit I do when I'm writing stuff. I'm like, I gotta get the name right because if it's some plain right. ass name, you're not gonna remember it, and it's hard to distinguish the characters. And they have a lot of characters in this film. Yeah, and um, really the characters interact well with each other. You could tell that they're all like in they high hang school. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, the beginning of the movie, that after all these murders happened and all that shit. I mean school's getting shut down basically they're trying to make sure that uh all these fucking news people are like bombarding fucking sydney right and all this shit's going down and uh they're basically just trying to make it so it's a safe place for her and like you could just tell how fucking annoyed she is after i'm being murdered and having to deal with that shit what so what did you you mentioned that there was rules that they mention and try to follow in the movie so, like, this is a lot. So they, they mention rules about horror films. They try to follow these same rules, but they're also making fun of them. Like, they don't believe it. So it's like, <laughs> what are the rules? Do you remember? Like, I, it wasn't one of them, like, don't go anywhere by yourself. All right. I believe yeah, I have the... And say, I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I have the rules. One. You will not survive if you have sex. Boo! Everyone starts fucking right. classic like, 80s guy. <laughs> like anyone in the eighties slasher films, if you had sex, you were gonna die. Yep. You're most likely like Kevin Bacon getting an arrow through your throat. Okay. <laughs> Two. You will not survive if you drink or do drugs. And then I love this part because they're all like, "Hey!" Because they're all getting drunk on the couch yeah, watching exactly. Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, if you're you know you're in a binder. A bender. Oh yeah. Or if you're Were they fucking, watching that you know? because he had a hand in making that movie? Uh most likely. Like I had don't the know. rights to it, so they were like, we could put this on the TV here. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but essentially if people are getting super shit faced or right. drunk, they can't they can't deal with a killer, they're faded. Yeah. You know? Um True. three, you will not survive if you say I will be right back. Because <laughs> 
you're you're not going to be right back. You're just going to die. Yeah. Four. Everyone is a suspect, and I love how fucking great that scene is. Yes, everyone's how, a suspect uh, because it ends up being one of them. Two, yeah, two, two, of, two of them. them. Yes, it's That's spoiler. The That's the biggest. Billy and like Stewart. It. Right. If you haven't watched it, a film from 1996, go fucking watch right, it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They. Yeah. They do a flip on you, and then in the most hilarious deal of these two guys that are just nuts. They're so bad. They don't even know what they're doing. Like they're just they're, terrible. No, they don't. They're just like, oh, that's why your mom fucked my dad. And so now I'm going to stab you like I killed and, her. And then oh. it's just like, oh, my God. All right. Then man. they fucking like, stab themselves down. to try to make it seem like someone else was there <laughs> and just botch the whole thing. Yeah, because yeah, the thing is, her dad was going on a business trip. He got ransacked. They stole his cell phone, bought a recording device and started doing these kills. And they were going to blame it on her father. Yeah. And they had this whole convoluted story that, oh, it's been a whole year since his wife died and he wanted to go on a rampage. So then they were just going to basically kill everyone and make it and blame it all on fucking uh, Mr. Prescott. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Five, you will not survive if you ask who's there. Yep. And six, you will not survive if you go out to investigate a strange noise. Yep, that's fair. That's literally everything that happens in the prior films that he made. So that's pretty funny. Yep. And the thing is, uh, these guys, the the cast, everyone in here is a horror fan. The script calls for it. They have so many references to other films. Like when they talk about Halloween on the phone, you could hear the light Michael Myers theme on a piano. Like, it's so fucking subtle. It's amazing. Um, And then... (laughs) They're talking about how when uh, Billy was first released, like how he didn't want to talk to uh, Neve because she branded him as the fucking candy man. (laughs) (laughs) Or how Wes Craven had a fucking uh, cameo as Freddy, the Freddy Krueger janitor. Yep. (laughs) That was pretty. And then I also like the chick's death where she got fucked over in the garage okay, and she like, so <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned this. Cause I was like, what the fuck? Like you got this, killed this by a garage. Great. It's so good. It's so good because it's, it's really dumb. It's making fun of that. People yeah, are dumb. And it's just movies. so dumb. And I was like, but I love, <laughs> but she handles it so well though. She does the scene so well, John. It's she true. It she, so well, she's like straight panic. And yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's straight panic, but she like, she throws the beer bottles at him. Yeah. yeah she fucking like, knocks him on his ass. Bottles. Yeah. And then she tries to go through the doggy door of the fucking garage. And I and don't know why. <laughs> she couldn't make it because her boobs were too big. And that's what. Oh, uh, oh that's right. <laughs> Sid- Sydney Prescott was saying, oh, it's just some dumb big boob built uh, di- uh, fucking bimbo who can't get through the fucking door. Yeah. Yep. They, they like died. say it out loud, which is fucking hilarious. Yep. Uh, that, that kind of makes me think about, so I was reading a lot of the notes about it. The, in post-production, uh, Wes Craven was having a hell of a time trying to avoid an NC-17 rating. Like he was just trying to get a rated R rating and they kept telling him, nope, can't do this. Can't do this. They said it was too violent on the first few cuts. Miramax was not happy with this. And they were originally also going to call it scary movie too, which is funny to me. I know. But I was like, what the fuck? Why would (laughs) It would just make um, you think well, of the parodies that came out. When did the first after. scary movie come out? Uh, not long after that. 
See, I feel like there's more references like from Scary Movie. I feel like people know Scream more from Scary Movie than his own. Than the actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole scene where she is, uh, Drew Barrymore's character is hanging with her guts out and like hanging from a tree. From tree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had to fast forward it because the production company wouldn't let them freeze frame on it. As well as right. they told him, hey, you can't put this in here. You're going to have to put another shot in there. And he, he lied to the company and said, I have no more shots of this. This is the only shot I have. And they're like, well, I guess you're going to have to use it then. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I am. Yeah. You know, he had like 17 more shots I of it. I would have done the same shit. I would have been like, that's it. Like, this is all I got. Right. It's pretty fucking great. Um, another fun fact about the thing, though, about the movie is that the party scene near the end, end of the film, it's like 42 minutes long. Right. It 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 took over 21 days to film that entire scene. I believe that because a lot of shit happens in the house. <laughs> And they basically made it made shirts that said, I survived scene one, one, eight, because that was the scene that it was named. And it took they named it the longest night in horror history. Holy shit. What, so were they just what what scene was that one? Like the final one? Uh, Just the entire party sequence. Got all it. of it. OK. Oh, well, they end up like beating the fuck out of them and uh, and the film like we mentioned earlier this is one of those horror films where the slasher is not like that tough it isn't unstoppable like uh michael myers or some shit yeah, it, yeah. it's it's fucking stewart and billy grabbing a halloween costume and just terrorizing their friends. yeah they they're i feel like they did their characters really well you watch them kind of unravel as they figure out that their plan isn't going to work and you realize that they're just like sociopaths, like they're fucking crazy. And yep. they thought that just killing their friends would be a lot of fun and they could get away with it. But then they realize uh, at the end that like none of it is going to work and they're bleeding out and they need to figure out how, yeah. to, how to fucking end it. The first time that you see this movie and you see him shoot the guy that is the main character in the son of the mask. I don't know that guy's name, but like the guy who was talking about the horror rules, right. you know? Like, I was just like, oh, shit. Hey, point that gun at the killer. Right. And then they're like, corn syrup. And I was like, oh, you motherfuckers. You guys are the killers. I was like, yo, this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If you, if, and Matt, I guess if you pay attention, Stewart's, you can yeah. figure it out. You can figure out who the killers are. Stewart's fucking ending where he's just like, oh, my parents are going to kill me, man. Oh, so uh, shit's so funny because they're not. Stuart never stabbed uh, Billy hard enough. Stuart was just like completely fucking bleeding out while Billy's over here with like a little nick. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he's like, all right, you do me first. And then it's when it turns around, he's like, no, nah, you know what? It's, you don't got to do that. Right. That's just hilarious. So I think that was, I think making a parody of the horror genre was a good move for Wes Craven because he knew what horror movies were made of. Like he knew all of the things that were supposed to happen and he flipped all of it to make it an enjoyable experience for people who might not typically like horror. So I think if you like, if somebody says they don't like horror, I would show them this movie because they would probably enjoy it. Right. Because of what goes on. It's kind of funny. It's not too crazy. There are some things that I'm like, Oh, this is still pretty graphic for a movie from the nineties. But yeah. other than that, it wasn't like Saw. Like Saw is just straight like gore porn. It wasn't that. Yeah. So it's like to see something that was clever like that would be enjoyable. That's why I like it so much. Also, I really liked how they continued the story. 
in the second, third, and fourth movies because what happens in the new movie or in the movies after it is you have to figure out who the killer is. So that like that becomes like the audience's game like while you're watching it and you have to like look for small things. And like right. the the second one's kind of predictable, the third one not so much and the fourth one I like it came out of nowhere. I had no idea that that person would be the killer. And that's the great thing about Scream. It's it's it conveys the question that we were talking about with the strangers. It could be anyone. Right. And it could be your neighbor, your best friend, or some complete stranger. Yep. And that's and what they were that's, both That's the at. best part about it. Um, I will say I have to talk about the controversy that came up after Scream was released. Do you yeah. guys know about that? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. So in the years following the release of Scream, there have been various accounts of violent acts across the country as copycat crimes. Oh, shit. In 98, uh, 16-year-old Mario Padilla and his 14-year-old cousin uh, stabbed his mother and killed her because they felt very inspired by Scream and Scream 2, and they wanted the money that they would acquire from the insurance. And they both purchased two Ghostface costumes as well as a voice changer used by the characters in the Dang, so it was just a straight copy. Yep. That's not the only one, though. In 1999, 13-year-old Ashley Murray was stabbed multiple times in the head and the back before being left for dead by their, her friend Daniel Gill, 15, and Robert Fuller, who was 15. She was saved later by an elderly man walking his dog, and she was basically, in her dying breath, told the old man who killed her. And then they basically got those guys, and the, those guys testified on uh, mental issues, recording it to physical abuse, drugs, exposure to black magic for some reason, Fucking and shit. their in, their influence with the Scream movies. Jesus. And A lot of crazy shit happened around these. There was the 99, uh, there was the school massacre that occurred in 99 on a college campus where a man actually killed five uh, college campus students uh, that occurred as well as just other things like the, the ghost face killer iconic like robe. It's super easy to purchase. And the thing is with, there's a lot of talk about uh, with the Columbine trial. You guys remember that? Like about yeah. talking about doom, what basically uh, like how pop culture has influence on people and they were trying to argue that scream was one of those things as well making kids murder each other not only doom and metal and rock and roll but scream the movie as well and that's the thing though like not a lot of people know about the controversy that this movie started with the imitating copycatters that use this movie as inspiration to kill people and i think it's really sad and i would like to say rest in peace to the people who died a tragic fate because someone wanted to play a cosplay and go too far away. Right. Goddamn. Shit. I didn't know all of that. Yeah. Murder. It, sorry. <laughs> also, well, I've hey, been playing... for the reality check. <laughs> I've been playing a lot... Uh, let's talk about something that's not reality. Um, I've been playing a lot of Dead by Daylight. And Scream is actually... Or Ghostface is a playable character within this game. Um... He has the ability to not be seen, and you get bonus points as well as instant knockdown if you stalk your prey 
from afar and actually go in from the kill very slowly. So it Shit. takes in like inspiration from the movie because the entire thing with the phone, he's stalking the girl, taking time to like just mess with her. Right. So it makes perfect sense in the game that you would be stalking your person and you'd get an instant down. Usually it takes two hits. You get one stab to fucking clock, clock in on someone and you have it. So <laughs> if you play Dead by Daylight or if you heard of that game, uh, Scream is definitely a playable character in them and he kicks fucking ass. You so check face? that out. Yeah, Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ghostface kicks ass in that fucking game and I love him. That's fucking cool. Shit. I mean... So it should be noted that this movie created kind of a legacy for horror films. So up until Scream got released, most studios considered horror films to be like on the decline. Like they weren't really all that popular. They were making a bunch of sequels. So there was like the sequel to Halloween, to Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which are like the main ones. And then this movie made like because all the audience was familiar with these characters they were able to make fun of all these characters and then they created this new genre of horror which was like considered to be like post scream horror films which included things like i know what you did last summer urban legend halloween h2o to like 20 years later and bride of chucky so basically stuff that's very self-aware yeah exactly like they they knew like who the cast was they knew that there was like some rules that they were existing in and they often would mock them or be like oh no like everything's gonna be fine and focused in on younger teenagers who claimed that they were not afraid of like scary things and horror and put them in the front and made terrible things happen to them i think having characters that are horror fans be at the helm for these kinds of movies is perfect. It also reminds me of Return of the Living Dead, oh, where yeah. they're like, it worked in the movies! Yeah, Come on! <laughs> I mean, All... both of these movies explicitly reference horror tropes. Yes. Or the characters in them <laughs> reference horror movies as well. Yeah. Like, that like shit was... horror movie shit! This is like... <laughs> oh, the, the mirror with, look behind you, you fucking Lori, look right behind you, as, as Ghostface is right behind him. Yeah. It's so great. I thought, I thought Ghostface, I'm going to be honest, I thought Ghostface was a monkey, because that's what Jay and Silent Bob taught. What the fuck? I forgot about that. <laughs> and Jay and Bob's, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, uh, they go to Miramax, and they're filming a new Scream movie, and basically the killer is revealed and it is a monkey that has been inside the Jay and Silent Bob movie the entire time. Damn. And fucking the main character is like, what the fuck, Wes? And he's like, the demographic says kids in the 90s and early 2000s really like monkeys. That's <laughs> fair, actually. That, I would agree. That's that's an odd thing. Uh, do you guys remember watching, what was it, Dexter's Laboratory? You know how they had like shows within the show? Yes, yeah, yes, remember, that shit. Ha- remember the yes. secret agent monkey with uh, his girlfriend? Hell dude, that yeah. mo- that movie, dude, that I love that shit. That's and the hilarious. Avengers spinoff, too. Oh, right, yep. yeah. Fucking <laughs> Ed Kronk, fucking Thor, and I can't remember his name. What was his name? The, the, the Something Captain with an L. Like, la- <laughs> Major Glory. <laughs> That's it. Major Glory. Oh, That's fucking God. awesome. Uh, this movie also had the that opening scene was considered to be on the list of Bravo's 100 scariest movie moments. It ranked number 13. Which one? Uh, the the opening to Scream. 
Oh yeah. That opening scene is is almost like in the top ten for scariest movie moment, which I think is a well placed ranking. Thirteen. Yeah. I really want to uh, know what's well, number. Well, I mean, when we're going off rankings, where are you tip pulling your ranking from? Uh, Bravo's scariest one hundred. So the the company. Oh, the company Bravo. Yeah. Uh, the scariest one I think is uh, it's Jaws. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I don't know which scene though. I'd have to look specifically. Just all of Jaws, the scariest movie. Um... <laughs> I mean, it could be the impact. People did not want to go into the water after that movie came out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it fucks with me after I watch it and I have to go to the water. Like, no, I don't. I have to not watch Jaws for a bit before I can go to the water. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say which scene, but numbers one, two, and three are Jaws, Alien, and The Exorcist. They apparently have the three scariest scenes in all of film. It's me, which all good The Exorcist. That's true. Yep. We also need to talk about the exercise. Really, I, I, and, I've never seen that movie, and I want an excuse to watch it. So we definitely uh, will talk about it. So, what were some of your favorite scenes then from either movie? Oh my god, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, I'll go first with the strangers. Uh, basically, the entire scene with the fire alarm and the guy coming to the house. Right. Uh, I also liked fucking. Dennis from Sunny getting fragged in the face. <laughs> that was that was pretty amazing. Like just watching him get out, knowing like how staple that character is from Always Sunny, and then seeing right. him like walk into the house. I'm like, this is like 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 ten years earlier, right? And then right. he just gets capped immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing uh, is, also like, when he's walking up to the house, you see Dollface come into the ground from yeah. like back. <laughs> Yep. I really liked the uh, the first, I mean, the scene where he's just walking around the house and like, oh, you've already know he's in the house now in The Strangers. There's also the scene where um, the light bulb outside won't work and then they make him go outside and you're like, no, nah, I don't fuck. It, it like did like a, there. there's a nice little, the beginning of that movie is really good and very clutch and then it just loses all of its everything after that. Yeah. In my opinion. But... In- yeah, in Scream, I'd have to say um, the intro, of course, but everyone's going to say that. Yeah. I really enjoy the scene in the garage with all the girl throwing the beers at him, <laughs> flipping him over, and eventually her demise with the world's strongest garage door. Yeah, right. yeah for joke. real. <laughs> really, though, how does this garage door snap her body, and like, why didn't it just stop at one point? Because yeah. the garage door is supposed to stop if it can't close yeah i don't know it was a lot this of is stuff. like yeah for a really rich like suburban household that's a shitty garage door <laughs> that they've got like really though who the fuck what the fuck who were they puts thinking? a doggy door on a garage door as well yeah what the yeah what the fuck also <laughs> what the fuck is that all right fido probably will not survive oh, the garage man. door but she should have been okay but when you have big tits you die i guess so i thought it, it was, was it was hits. referenced in it was referenced in the movie in the movie, Neve Campbell says that. Oh, that's true. She does say that. She's just like the, the big boom bimbos that doesn't get out. That doesn't get out. And then literally her friend becomes the big boom bimbo that doesn't get out. That sucks. <laughs> I thought it was super manipulative too that the dude was fucking her just so she wouldn't be a virgin, so she would die in their uh, quote unquote movie. 
<laughs> yeah, God the movie damn, I forgot how messed up that was. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually pretty, it's honestly a really good, like, villainous plot, you know? Yeah, there's sadistic. <laughs> like, that's what this movie succeeded, and that's why I think Wes Craven's genius, and um, why they think they got a good setup, why Scream, for a horror comedy, is actually a good movie. Yeah, it you is know, very good. Is like, it's hard to do that. You know, uh, you know, I want to cover more horror comedies because they're great. I love them. Yeah, like, we, I want we'll to find like, the cabin in the woods. Oh god, that's a good movie. That's a really good movie. I love that. Movie. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I think my favorite scene was actually right at the end when he, when the killer is just laying on the floor and he gives them one final scare, and like jumps up. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is the part of the movie yeah. where the guy, the it's killer, is gonna scare. come in one final scare. And he's like, yeah, and then <laughs> and he just does exactly shoot him in the that. head, and yep, and just fucking shoots him. And I'm like, this is so funny, like, because it's true that always happens. There's like that final scare, and so they, like yeah. up, like they they committed to that idea all the way up until the end, and it was great because the film knows what it's doing. It didn't take itself too seriously. And you got to enjoy the ride all the way through. So the Wes Craven or whoever did the writing for it uh, found a good way to start the film to get you into the characters, a good conclusion, and then just bringing it all the way to the end. So like, I didn't really feel like there was too many things that we could poke holes in besides like maybe the weird garage. <laughs> but yeah. like, they don't really do anything that seems like a dumb horror movie thing unless they were doing it to make fun of horror movies. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that play out in front of you. And I think it was well done for something like that. That and I watched this when I was really young. (laughs) I watched it like, uh, well, I watched it a few years after it came out. So probably like 10 or 11 when I first saw it. And I was renting shit from Blockbuster. Yep. (laughs) And I like that there is a Blockbuster within the movie. Yeah. (laughs) And And that the kids are like, oh, there's a, there's a, small town murder in our fucking thing better go into the horror section yep <laughs> read all the horror movies that's fucking great did you guys have any other final thoughts about it um check out the strangers alone right yeah and in, yeah. in your room when it's dark and it's 12 a.m uh check out the scream whenever the fuck you want because good yeah it's a fun one that was kinda, I mean, that pretty watch. much echoes what I think. I did not like The Strangers. I, I'd give it like maybe like a six out of ten, to be honest. But yeah, that was the I, question. Ratings. I think. Are ratings next? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, All no, right, no. Like over. right now, you're good. What? What? Oh, we can rate now. We yeah. can rate now. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you think of the film, John? Uh, of Scream or The Strangers? Both. Um, I think the strangers would have benefited more from a stronger script as far as the characters go. There was not a lot of character development. Um, and that's sort of what gets you to care about the people in the film, or at least gets you to relate to them because any horror film that's made, uh, is usually talking about a problem that the person has either with themselves or with society. So to make a movie that was supposed to be about the randomness of violence in certain suburban areas, they should have made you care more about the suburban people as opposed to just like this is violent murders and they decided to do it because they were home. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. And that yeah. it would have been better if they had added more to that premise. Yeah. Always. And that's why I think that's why scream shines more than this one does, because they do take their time to yep. build up who all the people are, all the, 
all the characters are established. It's and a then, lot of people too. Yeah, it is, but the payoff is great. Well, you end up caring so about a, a whole group of people, which is like kind of what you should do. Like you end up caring about this teenage group of kids who are just trying to survive the night. And then it yeah. becomes even worse for them when you find out the killers are actually someone from their group, like two dudes from the same group. Yep, so you then just... become conflicted <laughs> about what's going on at the end. Do you want them to actually survive the night? And you kind of get to choose sides, which is usually what happens in slasher films anyway. Yeah. What a twist. Yeah. And it works well. It works well as a twist. And there's a lot of films that do the twist ending. And this is definitely one of the ones that's worth it when you get to the end. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Okay. So now for rating. <laughs> um, I am going to shock you guys on this. But I'm going to give The Strangers a six. The same score that Mitch has. Mm, okay. Even though I liked it. Right. It's, I mean, you can enjoy stuff, but still criticize it. Yeah, it could have. I think it could have benefited more, but from what's there, makes it up to a six, in my opinion. Right. Okay. Scream, I'll give a nine and a half. Right. That's something that changed the face of horror forever, and it deserves. It's got. It's got a big legacy. Pass. <laughs> Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, yeah no uh definitely there are some good moments like i don't want to say that like the strangers is hopefully bad but i largely felt like a lot of my time was wasted at a certain point so <laughs> it gets a six out of ten for me fuck that it's getting a five out of ten <laughs> it gets those five points because it's just introducing an idea it gets a five out of ten final score <laughs> um i'm gonna go even lower i'm gonna be brutal oh my god all right, so, but Scream, however, Scream, Scream gets a solid 9 out of 10 for me. All right. Oh, yeah. uh, because it just, I don't know, it did a really good job of building up a, a story, and I was pretty, like, decently immersed with it the whole time, and, you know, cared. The, the deaths were usually pretty either funny, or they were brutal, or they were built up really well, or they were good in parody. Yeah. And so that's how I feel about that. John? <laughs> um, I'm going to give The Strangers like a five as well. Um, because technically the film is good. Like the cinematography, the score, um, the like setting and everything. It was all really well done. I think they just, they probably should have chosen someone different for the main people. Um, I like Liv Tyler, but she wasn't that good. And... For Scream, I would give probably like an 8.5 or like a 9. Sweet. I, I know it's got a lot of legacy and it's a good film, um, but it, I feel like it's one of those movies you can only watch so many times. You can only watch it maybe like 5 to 10 times and then after that you're like, eh, it's like you know everything that's going to happen and it's not quite so funny anymore. It's better it's to like just watch the, with like people. It's one of those things you'd watch like maybe like once every couple. Yeah, it's going to go on your yeah. list of movies to watch like every Halloween or something. Yeah, because people exactly. enjoy watching it and it's like a legacy movie where you have to include it like on the list of things because it makes fun of so many movies during that time period. It's but so important. It's like regardless of that, the script is it, it didn't go too into like of the parody so it was like still pretty heavy on the horror side so that's what kind of got me for it where at some moments i was like this is i think it's just the 90s comedy was cheesy to watch now oh yeah yeah we're, so we're, we're, like, we're out of the 90s now yeah because we're yeah. fucking 2020 so we're just like oh i don't know how i feel <laughs> about it 
uh still enjoyable and definitely worth a watch for something like that so highly recommend it okay i will again repeat that this week's episode we took fan submissions yeah um if you have suggestions uh for movies that we should talk about or any piece of media that is horror related you could always message us give us a comment on a post or when we ask the question what do you want us to talk about tell us what you want us to talk about yeah simple as that (laughs) yeah cool then if not you're just gonna get our taste and what we talk about yeah because we have a schedule out till when like yeah Till January. Till January. So you guys, you you viewers out there, have the ability to alter our schedule. That's true. Alter our fate. You have power here. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, you're just going to listen to us talk about whatever we want to talk about, which is fun and great for us. But you know what? We want to include you guys in this discussion, whoever you may be. Yep. Cool. Then before I let everybody go. I just want to let everyone, or I want to remind everybody that we're super easy to find. We're on all of the main streaming services, so pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts, you'll be able to find us. You can also go to our website, which is bdtghpodcast.com. You can listen to the podcast there or follow any one of the links to a streaming site. If you could, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast. helps us get seen on the site and gives us a higher rating so that other podcasts can get recommended or we get recommended on theirs. And then feel free, like Murr said, to send us messages on all of our social medias. You can find us at BDTGH underscore podcast at Facebook, as well as Instagram and Twitter. We always have our messages open and we're going to ask questions constantly for feedback. So if you could do that, we really appreciate all of the answers we get for those. But I hope everyone has a good night. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you. <laughs>